Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to another Cryptomaniacs podcast, the Q&A session. And uh, Task, I don't know about you, man, but I'm excited for Monday because we get Hard Fork 27. No? Yeah, somebody, I, I, Bobison, uh <clears throat> wrote that he already uh, converted, and uh, I don't know what all that is about. Uh, did you... Catch wind of it? I, I don't know. Uh, no, Blaine just hit me up yesterday or the day before, and he was like, yeah, they're planning a hard fork because something messed up with 26. So it was something to do with the witness scheduling or something. Um, uh, we pointed our witnesses to hard fork 26, like basically on the day it happened, and we didn't hit a block for like four days. And that's not normal. Like we, yeah. we usually get quite a bit, right? Yeah. So something was going on. Not totally sure what, um, but that's that's the rumor. So something to do with the scheduling, uh, and something with I guess the APIs because the nodes have been all active. Yeah, they've been all screwy. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know that's that's the nature yeah. of the, the beast here. And as I always say, the fun part of development is when you flip the switch and go live, and that's when you pull out the exterminating container and go after the bugs. And you know, Blaine will tell you that till the cows come home. You can test net it and, and, and run simulations and all that crap you want. But when it comes to development, nothing beats being live. Yep. Yep. It's true. So, um, yeah, so, uh, that'll be fun. Um, but we do have a lot of questions. Are you, you ready to dive into these? Uh, I'm ready to, to, to be overwhelmed by the inquiries of our audience. <coughs> Excuse me, inquiries. Yes, there we go. Perfect. So, uh, green candles. That was the name of. Uh, I, I'm loving the green candles. Everyone. Loves <laughs> candles. You, you, you're having an influence on people, John. Having an influence. Green candles. We love them. We love them. First up, we got NFT BBG. What is your take on this idea of a decentralized exchange search engine? Oh. Okay, decentralized search engine. So I know pre-search has been around for for a while. I don't know how decentralized they are. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, it's still a company. It's still a CEO on the top of the food chain. So I like the, I use pre, I use, I've been using pre-search for, for two years now. Um, I don't use Google. I use pre-search. Um, so I've been using that, but that's more of a, I wouldn't say it's decentralized, more of a blockchain um, crypto, not necessarily a decentralized one, but um, that's what we, we've used it at CTP. It's, it's in our training portal at start earning today. We have it as one of the first programs that we recommend. So we've been using pre-search for years. Um, I don't know about you task uh, you, you've been experiencing anything. Yeah, I use it. I mean, it, it's the, the advantage to pre-search is it's not Google. And, right. and you yeah. know, that, that's what it really comes down to with a lot of this stuff. If, if we're going to start to, to have an impact, 
everything that you know every search in this this discussion that takes place on pre-search that doesn't happen on google is just one less search on google now you know obviously they do billions a day so uh, you know it's going to take a lot of people converting but that's my mm-hmm. viewpoint on it is is you can go with the alternatives yeah i earned some pre but who the hell knows i mean now you get into tokenomics and as we know everybody has shitty tokenomics most people don't know what they're doing with money and anyway so they're trying to create a, a cryptonomic system going right. blind but you know it, it's gotten better. I mean, there was a marked difference early on, but for the most part, you get pretty good search results. I have to flip over to Google once in a while if I'm doing, you know, certain type of searches just because pre-search, you know, just right. doesn't have the data and stuff like that. But, you know, for most things, um, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. We, we got into it and we their keyword staking we thought would be a really cool little project to to get into so we uh we invested and and bought some keywords uh some staked keywords that lasted for about three months and then we got outbid so (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna go fighting for keywords Uh, search engines to me are definitely not the greatest way to drive traffic to your site it can be very pricey but i love the idea of pre-search and we've been big fans of it for for years now so thank you for the question nft tokenized society Hello, Maniacs. What do you think will be the next big thing in crypto? Hive. Yeah. <laughs> next. Uh, I next. don't know. I mean, we, we, we keep having to go back to the last big thing. I mean, listen, uh, you know, NFTs were a train wreck. Not saying there's anything wrong with the, the concept of NFTs. It was just, you know, typical John's green candles, that price go up. That's all green that candles, people look baby. at. D5 was catastrophic. And again, not that the concepts were bad, but you have centralization, you have rug pulls, you have projects that were just scams. So it's it's the evolution, um, you know, and, and none of this crap goes away. I mean, we still get the, the Nigerian prince uh, email scam, and that's been going on for 25 years so uh, you're not going to totally get rid of this crap but i think uh when you're looking at the expansion of the the industry look for where we've been but improvements utility use case ease of use more applications things of that nature and and that's really what needs to be done over the next couple of years is we don't really need to invent a lot of new stuff. We just got to do the stuff we've already invented a hell of a lot better. Right. I, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in the, you know, the game space, all the, all this type of video games per se on the blockchain. I think that's going to lead to more mass adoption, but just what you said task is brilliant. Like it, we have that already. We just need to improve it and it yeah. needs the onboarding needs to get better um you know the uh, lots of the little things that traditional models in gaming have uh, i think when esports and live betting and stuff like that comes to uh gamefi that's going to be a lot of fun that's going to be interesting to see how they do it but you mm-hmm. know player staking on splinterlands i mean i've been waiting for this forever um this i think is is going to change the game so lots lots of cool things um coming i just i think that we have a lot of it already it just needs to get better 
And, and to be honest with you, the major breakthrough is something we're not even talking about now. True. Yeah. You know, who, 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 who could foresee Facebook in 2000 or in 1995 or 1997? Mm-hmm. Who could see YouTube? Who could see, you know, a lot of the stuff we, we take for granted now in the mid nineties was, was, was maybe a thought in some people's mind, but not, not on the mainstream internet user. We were, the people at that time were still trying to figure out what tell us a, a, a web browser was. Yeah, yeah, web web crawler, man. That's what I had. <laughs> web crawler, yeah. and CompuServe, and Prodigy yeah. Net. Jeez, dating myself. For all you kids, it never used to be this fast. Trust us. Um, yeah, gr- great, uh, great question though, tokenized because uh, that's you know we're always. This is the thing about this this places that we're always looking for the future so you know what will be the next big thing i think that's why you got to have your ear to the street and just get ready to move no matter where it goes so green candles baby eric burgoyne is up he's in he's in vim too hanging out with us live he said something uh i should know i was over at cup of traffic the other day and i was getting some ctp xp points i know they were there years ago but what are they used today um that was previous old company owning ctp affiliate tech is the new company that owns ctp so basically ctp xp are just they're not really used and tasks just to give you an idea this is um before the blockchain we used to give away points that people would collect from doing different tasks inside of CTP and they got rewarded for collecting these. And the Mm -hmm. more you would collect, the more your account would grow. Uh, This is again, pre blockchain, pre crypto. Mm -hmm. We were doing this 10 years ago plus. Um, So it's kind of been phased out. Um, CTP, the token is, is, you know, and, and some of the things that we've mentioned for November 28th, uh, will implement a lot of that coming forward, Eric. So CTP XP, as it is the past, uh, doesn't really have a use case at all. Um, but um, CTP, the token. I shall just revert you See, to... Here's one thing, if I can interject. And, and I think most project teams... Are approaching this in the wrong way. People want to talk about use case with the token, you know, the 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 non-stable coin tokens, and everybody's yeah. trying to figure out use case and what can I use it for. And to me, that's the wrong mindset. Because if you're trying to use these tokens as a payment system, it's not going to work. Right. Not not in a big way because. First off, you got volatility, and that's a problem for merchants and and stuff like that. And second thing is, if it's a value, people don't want to part with it. And if you're driving value to your token, you want them not to part with it. You want them to be hodlers. You want them to be excited about the future. So it's it's, Mm -hmm. people have this counterintuitive thought to say, well, what can I spend the token on? Well, we you don't want us to give you things to spend the token on because then you will part with the token. You want us to drive value to the token. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
you look at Apple, you look at Tesla, you look at Amazon, you look at these people who've made tremendous amounts of money over the last eight and 10 years. What did they do? They got into these stocks and held as more value was driven to them through the activities of the company. So my view of Leo, of CTP, of Hive, of any of these tokens is not as a payment system. It's as a representation of the value of the ecosystem, of the platform. So if I have, I'll just pick out a number, 25,000 CTP, and it's worth, you know, in value, let's say a penny. I want to see that CTP go in value, not market, but or price, but in value go 5x to 5 cents. And that be a reflection of 5x improvement of the platform. So that could be users, that could be new new applications, that could be new, new all this stuff. So effectively, you start looking at this as a representation of value. So we have X number of CTP out there. We, you know, if we wanted to do a little math and guesstimating and all this stuff. So we say we got a million CTP out there. And the CTP ecosystem's worth $100,000. So that means each CTP in value is $0.10. And I say, great, it's only trading at $0.02 on HiveEngine. I can go buy some. Everybody's trying to use this as medium of exchange. And it's like, why reinvent the wheel? You know, at the end of the day, this stuff means nothing unless you're driving value to it. And people seem to think driving value to it is because I can take my CTP or I can take my hype or I could take my Bitcoin or I could take my Ethereum and I can go buy this. Well, yeah, that's okay. But that's not really, in my opinion, where the hook is. And if you're a business builder like Leo Finance is doing, who gives a shit what you can buy with Leo? You can always swap leo for hive or uh, for hbd or usdc or something if you need to go buy something the key is how much value is being driven to the leo token by what the leo team is building that's the important question and that's where i think since the introduction of stable coins i think the whole thing's changed i mean we even see with hive why accept hive as a payment mechanism when we got hbd now, you might make the case, well, the liquidity with HBD is a little tight. Okay, I understand that. But Hive should be a reflection of the value of the entire Hive ecosystem. HBD mm-hmm. is what you want people swapping back and forth to buy their NFTs or to pay for their subscriptions or to do whatever, you know, do their 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 contests and their gambling and their online betting and whatever else is created. Hive should be pristine. Hive should be like, I'm not giving you any of my hive to pay for a subscription. I'm not giving you my any CTP to pay for a subscription or buy an NFT. I'm not giving you any of my Leo because this shit's going to be worth 20 times what it is now in the future. That's the mindset I think people need to cultivate. And that comes back to what you talk about all the time, John, with business, business building, creating a network and a, a platform where you have people coming in and driving value through not only the development and the applications you create, but what they add to the system, whether it's their posts, whether it's uh, emails on listeners, whatever the engagement mechanism is and the utility is of the application. 
not the damn token, the application. Listeners, the token, who gives a shit about the, the use case? It's the application. If listeners was as big as Google, guess what the listener token would be worth? A bazillion. So the key is to get listeners, the application, the project excelling. And then that will be reflected in the, the listener tokens. And everybody will be like, Jimmy, no way in hell I'm selling my listeners. I'm going to keep accumulating. I'm going to go buy more because this application is amazing. And I think that's what's missing with the, uh, you know, like you said, the green candle price go up. It's like, well, why should it go up? What val hmm. value are you building? Not utility, not use case, not where can you spend it? What value? Sorry, I went off on a rant, but you, you no, kind it's of good. that in. It's, it's like, good. It's good. I, I think that's really the missing piece for a lot of these projects. Yeah, for sure. And there's actually a listener's question coming up here. So uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll touch on that a little bit more. We'll just jump so, right to it since we brought it up and then backtrack. Uh, You're smart enough to do that. I have confidence yeah. in you. Um, okay. Well, it's down here. Uh, ben Thomas said, what's the plan with listeners now that there's less than 60 people opening emails? What happened to the 1,000 members that uh, went on holiday or not? So here's the thing. It was when it was at its peak, it was around 100 people opening the email. So we've gone down, it's like 40%. Um, this you're also talked, in a bear market that probably had something to do with it. There's, yeah, there's a couple things double whammies. One was bear market. So if everything was crypto centric and Bitcoin was at 60k, people wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, second thing is that shiny object syndrome there's, and there's a third reason, but we'll, we'll the, the second reason was shiny object syndrome, everything, it was new and exciting. Uh, this is green candle stuff. Uh, when things are new and exciting, people are pumped up, they're fired up. The people that stay the course though, it usually trickles down. So, uh, we've lost a few of the, of the, the green candle seekers, let's say, but the core group is still there. Um, well, and if I can jump in, I mean, th yep. that goes back to value. Those who are using listeners on a daily basis and, and they're they're accumulating listener tokens, they're they're building, they're using listeners, which is a marketing tool. That's what it is. It's a marketing tool. They're using mm -hmm. that to promote their stuff and get their stuff in front of other people. That's the value proposition. I mean, who gives a crap about the token as long as you have the value proposition? So now the listener's team, the job is to build the value with that application, whatever needs to be done. Because as right. you said, you, you, can, you can monkey around with the tokenomics to try to send the token price up. That's still reflective of nothing because the price can go up, it can go down. You know, it's imperative for people to start bringing forth ideas, not just the three team members, but other people using listeners and saying, hey, John, did you think about this? No, well, we really didn't think about that. Or, yes, we thought about it, but, you know, it can't be done technically. So, you know, keep the ideas coming. Mm -hmm. That's how things grow. Use the hive mind of the community you have. Yeah, and, and something to note too, <clears throat> excuse me, this is something I've said for years and years and years when it comes to online business. Now, we've, <clears throat> geez, I got something stuck in my throat. When we've um, we've been building this stuff for years and years and years, we have, in ClickTrack Profit alone, in the database, there's hundreds of thousands of members. Why is there only a select few that are active? 
Uh, we have 22,000 members inside of listeners. Why is there only a few people? Why is there only a limited number active? Uh, there's there's a million accounts on Hive. How come only 10,000 are like or 5,000 are, are interacting every day? It's because most people join things and then don't do anything after that. They join it yep. and that's it. I've yep. said for years, something we've trained at CTP is stop worrying about the 99% that don't show up. Worry about the 1% that do show up. The fact that you have 60, this is, and I'm not picking on Ben. This is a really good question. And it needs to be brought up, but Ben's got 60 people opening the emails and that is gold. That is people, you know, are dedicated. They're focused. They're engaged. They're part of the community. They want to be part of something. Focus on those people. Worry about the fact that don't worry so excuse me don't worry about 99 that don't show up who cares they're gonna just sit on the sidelines and i'll one other thing about listeners here before i go though well and um, and, and if they do show up john they'll com complain the whole time that's perfect segue into why it's gone down a lot there was a big crew of people uh that got super pissed off at the price of listeners that ranted and raved said there was no use case they've gone their way they've they literally taken their toys and left and because of that they brought a really bad aura to the project they were complaining all the time they were want they never said hey good job this is a marketing tool this is fantastic look at the click-through rates i'm getting they just basically took their toys and left because they were attached to the price. They were so worried about the price of the token for green candle seekers. They literally kicked their feet up, got all pissed off and caused a big scene and left. And they took their toys and left. And you know, this is why, John, if, if I could jump in, I'm a big Elon Musk fan and, and I do own Tesla stocks for, for full disclosure. And, and, you know, Musk, obviously he's a lightning rod, both good and bad, and, and we know this. But I'll tell you one thing about Elon Musk that's different than almost every other CEO of every other of, of every Fortune 1000 company. Elon Musk doesn't give a shit about the stock price. He doesn't really care. And he's concerned about building and growing the business and getting into the different sectors and what they're doing. If the price is a thousand bucks a share, two hundred bucks a share, he doesn't care. And he certainly doesn't care if his net worth goes down $50 billion because the guy has no money anyway. And the guy lives in like a, a, a little trailer and, you know, he spends 130 hours a week at work. So, you know, who needs a big house when you're at work all the time? But the point being, this is why I believe Tesla is going to be one of the largest companies by market cap in the world, because Elon Musk isn't worried about the price the next quarter. He's not worried about the next quarter's earnings. That's what every CEO does, and they take shortcuts and they think short term, and that ends up sabotaging things in the long run. And that's where this whole thing started with value. And it's like, well, oh, the price goes down. Who gives a shit? I mean, really, what is the value proposition? What's being done? Oh, the price of Hive has collapsed since, you know, $3. And we know it was a pump and everybody was jerking off and excited three bucks. And anybody who looked at Upbit said, okay, well, the volume, the Koreans pumped it and then they're going to dump it. And that's what happened. But the value of Hive compared to where we were a year, year and a half ago is light years ahead of things. You look at this hard fork. Okay, we had a couple issues, but, you know, they'll fix it Monday. You look at HBD. You look at closer to Ragnarok, closer to Speak Network, listeners, you guys have your next application on the drawing board. You just look at what Leo Finance is doing. You, you just look at all this stuff and it's like, you know, 
uh, uh, what Brian of London, who was just on, what he's doing with pod paint. This is adding tremendous value. That 13% of all podcasts and broadcasts are indexed through Podping. That's amazing. From Hive, from stuff that is sent out by Spot by Podping on Hive. 13% of all podcasts are indexed by that. Who, who can make that claim? And so everybody's sitting here at the token price. Who cares? You know, markets are insane. And you build enough value, you get list nerds to where it's a major email marketing program, the price of the token will skyrocket. And I don't give mm -hmm. a crap what your tokenomics are with it. It will skyrocket. There you go. Thank you for the question, though, Ben. <clears throat> we, we went off. That was good. Um, yeah, Blaine's going to love this one. Oh, he, he's definitely going to love this one. Uh, yeah, Kingo wants to know. Here we go, ready. The question everyone wants to know, in fact, has BTC bottomed out? I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. Bitcoin can fly to the moon or it can crash and burn. Doesn't matter to me. I think Bitcoin is the most overvalued, overhyped thing out there. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well, awesome. after that, I... <laughs> Next question. John Next Bitcoin. question is about Ethereum from My Path to Fire. <clears throat> I noticed that the Ethereum Foundation and others are really focused on looking for use cases, something John has talked about before. Question, how far ahead is Hive against the crowd when it comes to use cases? What makes the Hive wallet so much better than MetaMask? Well, first of all, uh, it's easy. It's a username. It's not some string of code. Well, it's base layer. It's not a, yeah. it's not a, a different app. It's base layer. Yeah. It's uh, keychain is light years ahead of it all, but just just what we were talking about, you know, how far ahead is Hive crowd of use cases? I mean, we've got I I I kind of laugh or cringe almost when I'm I'm on crypto Twitter and people are talking about Web three, they're talking about the metaverse, they're talking about this, that, and a third, and their community is literally just a bunch of fanboys and fangirls on Twitter trying to pump the price. That's it. There's no use case. There's absolutely none. All of these Web three projects, there's none, zero. They say they're Web3. They have it in their tagline. It's like a pronoun. They have it in their taglines. Uh, Web3, uh, you know, metaverse expert. There's no use case. None of it. Not one single thing. The only true, like, okay, I'm not going to say the only thing, but the biggest use case for all of the stuff that everyone loves talking about is right here on Hive. We've got the games. We've got the community. We've got the apps. We've got the actual use case for day-to-day. -day. We've got a stable coin that, oh, my gosh, is actually stable-ish. We've got everything everyone talks about. Use cases here are light years ahead of what crypto brands as use case. So I'm on a roll today, man. I'm fired up. Well, here's how I'll answer that. I just, I just mentioned Podpink. Podping, Brian of London, noticed the problem and he solved it using Hive. There's a use case. Hive is now providing 13%, according to Brian, of all podcasting indexes to apps. 13% of these apps get their indexing from Hive. That's a use case. Can Ethereum do that? No. Does Bitcoin do that? No. That's only on Hive. I took up the challenge if you will a few months back three four months back whatever it was a built-in investopedia on high because we have immutable text we have permissionless blockchain 
Now, every time I go to Wikipedia, I laugh when I see that banner saying, would you send us $2.15 because we need to pay our server bills? Now, obviously, I don't have a database anywhere near the size of Wikipedia or even Investopedia. But guess what it costs me? Nothing to do this. Here's the use case. This is immutable text. It's on the blockchain. So what is in this repository of information is there. John mentioned crypto Twitter. I go to crypto Twitter by pressing the little Twitter icon at the bottom of Leo Finance post. And then I send them out. And they're not usually my posts. They're other people's posts. These are articles that are on the high blockchain. People can actually write articles instead of doing it on WordPress, instead of doing it NewYorkTimes.com or, you know, uh, Fortune.com. They can write articles on Hive and post them. The information's there. Anybody can read it. Anybody can comment on it as long as they have a Hive account. Actually, with Leo Finance, I don't even think you need a Hive account. You can do it through your Facebook account or whatever. These are use cases. This is utility. Find this on Ethereum. Find this. What can you do on Bitcoin? You send value from one wallet to another and pay 20 bucks and wait three hours. Well, you can do that on Hive, have that thing settled in 3.1 seconds, and it costs you some resource credits, which recharge throughout the day. This is, you know, then you go into the wallet like John was talking about and the usernames and all this other stuff. And that's not even getting into the applications and, and some of the other things I propose and other people have proposed and what we're looking at with fixed income and, and bonding and, and finance and three speak with their videos. And OK, that's layer two, but it's tied to Hive and using Hive account management, Swinterlands, and now their their Genesis uh, game or whatever, Hive, Hive's account management system, on and on and on. And, and, you know, if you want to build a business and it requires a database, Hive's a great place to do it. Now, you have to buy resource credit. You have to buy Hive powered up and get resource credits. But it's there for you. Where else yeah. are you going to get that? And, and I know Brian said it. I can say the same thing. If I tried to build Leo Glossary on Ethereum, I'd have been broke within a few days. Mm-hmm can't be done even 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 if i went to polygon i mean first off you can't store text there but even if i went to polygon um you know costing me a couple cents a piece well that would add up over time it's the use case of the people or the, it's the blockchain of the people this is the this is actual use case and we can actually build on here which is anyways I digress. Fiber Frau says, have you read any new books on crypto lately? Any to recommend? Uh, I haven't personally. I know Task. You don't even ask Task. Task will say, like, I just read blogs. I don't read books. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I haven't. I haven't. I live out in the middle of nowhere now, so I don't go to the bookstore as much as I used to. I used to frequent the bookstore Task at least once a week. It was usually Friday I would go into the bookstore and just, you know, have a hot beverage and just cruise the cruise the aisles, try to find a book to read. Well, times uh, I change. I used to go to those CD video stores, and then they had the back room there, and now I just go to Debbie.com, and I don't even need to leave the house. So, you know, wow. times change. I understand, wow. John. Um you know, it, it's uh, 
yeah, just go vitalic.ca and look for a blog post from Vitalik. He'll give you what you need to know. I mean, you know, I, I say that half in jest, but, it, you know, I do read Vitalik's blog. He, he writes a lot of good stuff. A lot of it goes over my head, but, I mean, mm. you know, I, I still stand by that. Shit's changing so quickly that anybody who tried to write a book about this stuff, by the time it gets out, it, it's it's over and done with. It, you're, 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 sick, you're a year behind. Being a year behind in this industry is, I mean, can you imagine a book coming off hot off the presses right now? What the hell would they be talking about? How great NFTs are. Well, the market's crashed. The whole industry was exposed for being just basically bull crap. Now, that doesn't mean the technology doesn't have potential, but anything if you wrote about last fall about NFTs basically is is inaccurate. A, a, a JPEG of a monkey, you mean? Yeah, exactly. It, it's, uh, you know, and, and you could say the same thing about a lot of DeFi and, and, you know, try writing a book right now about Dallas. By the time you get it done, edited and printed, it'll be sometime next year. We'll be in a totally different Dow world. Don't know what it'll look like, but it'll, so, you know, that's where you keep on top of things and read the, the current news and read people who are staying up on this industry and the vitalics of the world. Even Dan Larimer, he always has ideas. And, you know, God forbid the Michael Saylor. I mean, he shows you what not to do, but I mean, it's, it's always good to know what those people are thinking. There you go. Our print is up. My town has already got its Christmas decorations out. Jeez. It's getting earlier every year, and your reference made me think of the color of candles on the Christmas tree, and they will definitely be white. Uh, yes, green candles everywhere. In more relevant news, your thoughts on Hard Fork 26, a complete success, room for improvement. Well, obviously, it wasn't a complete success because we're already <laughs> on to Hard Fork 27. Um, but it hasn't crashed and burned like it did on the last blockchain. Uh, the previous blockchain, if you would have had this it would you wouldn't be able to use it for the for the entire week um i remember there was news one of the first uh, hard forks that they did uh you couldn't use the blockchain for a month apparently that was what i heard right it was before our time though task i think but mm. it was like hard fork 10 or hard fork 11 or something they couldn't you couldn't even use the blockchain for like a month it was such a cluster so that, that's not good for retention no, no. So now, now you see why why we have a million accounts and they went down to five thousand active users because you know two hundred thousand left that month because it's like who's going to stick around? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, obviously there the the best thing about Hive is that there's people working on it. The witnesses are on top of this, and the the fix is being rolled out on Monday. And the reason why they can't do it all at once, like, oh, we've rolled out the hard fork is because they've got to talk to the exchanges and they've got to get the exchanges on board with, with the hard fork. So they have to plan it and schedule it because we all have to bow down to the greatness that is Binance. And, you know. Well, they have to lock up the wallets because if, yeah. if they're sending transactions through during the hard fork, it could get wonky. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Jimmy is up with a question, and I had to do a little bit of research on this because I didn't understand it, but I think I did now after I watched the rant. Um, Jimmy said that BitBoy dude is on a rampage towards the FTX CEO. Yikes. Should we be worried? So <laughs> this guy lost a gasket the other day. I don't know if you saw the videos. He uh, absolutely. No, I don't pay a lot of attention to BitBoy. I don't yeah. pay any attention to any of the influencers. What 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 crawled up his hind end and got um, him upset? 
apparently all of these exchanges are saying they want to be completely regulated. So like Binance and, and Coinbase and FTX, and they apparently they all want to be regulated. They all want regulation, this and that. And BitBoy is saying, this is not what crypto's about. It's supposed to be decentralized, and we don't need regulation, and look what they're doing. I'm here to save you. I'm trying to save you guys. And, you, and it was just, you know, the... Well, Goldman the, Sachs was very open about it years ago. They said they love regulation because it keeps newcomers out. It protects the incumbents. So, of course, FTX and Binance and Coinbase now want all the regulation they can get because it's they're, big enough, they're big enough. They can afford it and it, it keeps new competitors from coming in. You're not going to start an exchange <clears throat> from scratch now and then have to, you know, spend five million dollars in regulation compliance. Who the hell can do yeah. that? So that's yep. where, OK, let them do what they do. And we'll just, you know, this is why Hive. This is why I propose the high financial network. This is what I was talking about. You get true decentralization with truly decentralized node systems. This is what we talked about with this regard on Tuesday. And fuck these people, you know. Okay, you still have the exchanges because of the fiat onboarding, offboarding. But outside of that, you know, your your crypto to crypto transactions, you avoid those exchanges. You, you, you use the DeFi. But we have to have true DeFi, not, you know, pretend DeFi what we've had. Yeah. Um, yeah, what you said is is bang on. I mean, they're they're scared of things like decentralized exchanges because that takes the power out of them. And where do these guys make their money? They make their money from two things. One, those fees that they charge, mm -hmm. but also don't believe the hype. They have the voting power with all those staked tokens that are sitting on their exchange. So yeah, um, CD made CZ made another mistake and staked tokens yesterday. Sure. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, another mistake. Yeah, he didn't do that. And I saw Marky was out there on Twitter like, uh yeah, you uh there's a couple times you've done this, buddy. Um yeah. yeah. Like these guys can yeah. go to the moon, man. They can all, and I, I don't mean moon price wise. I mean, you can fire them off to the moon and leave them there. All of these, I'd, all I'd of rather, these I'd rather go inward and just send them to the bottom of the ocean. Send them to the bottom of the ocean, man. Like they're just, it's too much. It's just, they're, they, they really, and this is the funny thing, right? I mean, we all knew at the back of my mind when I got started in this crypto stuff, I said, you know, if this stuff ever gets adopted, everybody and their mother is going to get into it. It's not just this little tiny niche market. I mean, if we want crypto to become the life changing tech that it is and, and potential, everyone is going to get involved. But it's taking away from what it was meant to do. And it was meant to give the middle finger to the man. It was meant to be our own bank. We're in control power more power to the hands of everyday people we didn't need to be accredited investors to get into this i'm telling you and i'm not trying to play homer here the only blockchain in crypto that keeps all of that true is hive well it and is. bitcoin bitcoin so far yeah, bitcoin, I mean. it's just you said it perfectly man what do you do with bitcoin i can send value to and from that's all you can what, do that's all you can do so it's you all know. technology. I mean, it's. Can you imagine trying to do this call on a 486 PC? I mean, we'd be screwed. Yeah. You exactly. know, it was. Yeah. It they had. They've had what two upgrades, and I don't even think they were much in the way of tech since that one live. Uh, you know, it's, it's like it's CompuServe, it's AOL, it's web crawler. That's what it is. You know, oh. Bitcoin 
will because they got the name the brand they and the the capped uh amount it potentially could be a store of value and then even then it won't be short term but it could be a collateralization agent where people could use it for collateralized stuff uh, over longer periods of time but outside of that um you know they're looking dan summed it up best on a call a couple weeks ago that i was listening to uh I think it was a CTT. And he said, basically, you think about Bitcoin is trying to move the transaction layer to layer two. That's ass backwards. So they're taking the transaction and pushing it to lightning. You want your transaction layer on your decentralized blockchain. And then you build your other stuff on top. And they're doing the exact opposite. So, you know, Hive, we send value from my wallet to your wallet or your wallet to my wallet. I mean, we, we do it at the base layer. We don't do it. We're not pushing that to the second layer. We're pushing the smart contracts. We're pushing, you know, the games. We're pushing all this other stuff to the second layer. The transactions of Hive and HBD, that takes place at the base layer. You know, that's not being pushed to the second layer. So Bitcoin's kind of backwards because then if you're at that point, it's like, well, why the hell do you need to interact with Bitcoin? You don't. You just interact with your lightning nodes and hope they don't get shut down. Don't say this to the maxis, man. They'll blow a gasket. So, anyways. <sighs> we move forward. Lisa is up, and she says, what is Riff Watchers in Splinterlands? Is it another edition of cards? It is. So, uh, a couple years ago, we had Untamed, and the mini edition was Dice. D Amare dice, excuse me. Uh, we've had Chaos Legion as the main release. The mini edition release is Rift Watchers. So yes, Rift Watchers is another edition of cards. And uh, I got my airdrop last night, my Oshuna card. Uh, I bought 130 packs of Rift Watchers. So I was guaranteed two standard copies of Oshuna. And I got it in my uh in my wallet nothing special no golds no extra copies just got my two which is very cheap splinterlands like give us some bonuses thank you <clears throat> um but yeah that's what riff watchers is uh it's a really cool mini edition it's it's focused on high mana cards for high mana battles um a lot of uh cool cards from that uh from that uh deck already that i've been using a lot in the gameplay so um yeah you can you can get into this game now and you don't need to go buy the alphas and the betas and and the untames even to to compete you could basically get cheap cards build your deck through chaos legion and rift watchers and you'll be able to compete so take that and tass knows all about that because he's a Die hard. Yeah, I, I, I was listening intently to make sure you didn't say anything misleading. I was going to correct you, but you 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 did good. So, right. congrats. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the question, Lisa. And yes, it is another edition of cards. Uh, we went through Ben's question there, uh, and then we got best start to end us off because a lot of people uh, said they can't think of any questions, <laughs> but they put the comment in. So, thanks. Um. Is that you know, is that the equivalent of nice post? Yeah, a little bit more words than that, but I can't think of any questions. Big thanks to all you do. So I, I appreciate it. And then we've got a uh, a tag, uh, a little tipping thing there. So no, but thank you. Anyways, best start. Good day, gentlemen. Good day, John. 
Mr. John Novak, ladies and gentlemen, best start. John, you have talked about tipping with HSBI, but I do not see how that works. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, so uh, it used to be called SBI, Steam Basic Income, um, when it was on Steam. Now it's Hive Staked Base Income. I think that's what the acronym stands for now. But basically what it is, it's, it's a sponsorship. So if you send one Hive to their account, which is at Steam Steam Basic Income, excuse me, Um, they take that, they power it up, and they give you a share, and they give the person that you sent a share. And it grows, the more they have it staked up, the more the account grows, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And and it votes for content uh, for the people that have these inside of their accounts. So the way to check it, Peak D is the easiest way. Um, let me see if I can go. Let's see if we can go. We are going to go here. We are going to go over to uh, the good Peak D. If you guys are listening, um, you don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to Peak D. I'm going to my wallet. I go down to others here on the left uh, and SBI units. So Hive SBI units, if you go to others in Peak D in your wallet, uh, it'll tell you uh, what it is, and it gives you the little – um, you can sponsor there. You can click it. You can do it all there. Um, it's it's just a way to grow accounts. Now, how I've used it uh, over the years is um, I've used it to sponsor people that take action. So when people take action, when they make comments, when they, uh, when they, when they engage with me, I usually sponsor uh, an SBI for them. Why do I do this? Because I know how hard it is when you're brand new to get noticed on the chain. And the least I can do is reward people with a little tip. And that's what I think SBI is. It's, it's a tip. It, it, it lets you know that you're valued. It lets you know that I appreciate your engagement. And that's how I use it. Um, there's a lot of use cases for it, mostly just sponsoring and and little contests and stuff. And that's what I've how I've seen it used over the years. But uh, for me, it's just a fantastic way to let your audience know that you appreciate them. Um, you you appreciate their time that they've given to engage with you. And uh, that's what I use it for. So, yeah. And, you know, that goes back to what we were ranting about earlier. I mean, you know, you see all these different tokens, pizza, beer, pork chops, whatever. Uh, And that's fine. I I mean, you know, people say, oh, it's just another piece of shit token. No. You know, these are things when people, you know, either put the little little thing that calls the bot on in your comment section or in your case, John, you're sending a, a tip directly to them. Um, you know, that, that's a way of saying, Hey, you know, uh, I did see this, I did appreciate this. And, you know, here's a little something. And especially if you, if you're one who you don't have a lot of high power or a lot of CTP or a lot of, uh, a Leo or whatever the, the, the front end you're using, it's a, it's a way of maybe you, you accumulate these things and it's just a little thanks doesn't amount to much won't you know oh well the token has no value who gives a crap again who gives a crap it's a transactional token you send it from person to person as you know here 
Um, the value is in Hive. The value should be in CTP. The value should be in Leo. This is where we should look for the value, not in pizza, not in beer, not in all this other stuff that's not reflective of any project other than, you know, and maybe these things do evolve into projects because maybe they, um, you know, use the pizza token or use the beer token to, you know, buy a beer company or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so you, you do get these these possibilities if people will build businesses around them. But absent of that, it's a transactional token. Yep. And it's just a way of oh. conveying a message. I, I, I thought I would do this. I'll just I'll just show uh, John because um, I know he watches the replays. Uh, I'll just go through the process of sending one. I'll send it to John asking the question so he can see uh, how it works. Uh, I just go to my wallet. I go to send. And I send it to Steam Basic Income. And then I put one and I put your username. So best start. That's it. Bam. Continue. That's it. That's it. Now you got an extra share and I got an extra share. Yeah. Easy peasy. Simple. It's again, you have to look at the use case you have to look at is it transactional is it reflective of value and if you're saying is it reflective of value okay what the hell is going on with development to bring value there you know what's going on with the project um that's what i've talked about with you guys with ctp i mean i see you guys are working at bringing value to the platform and the different aspects of the platform and adding to it. You know, how many projects, how many tokens are on Hive that you cannot say that about? Most of them. You know, what the hell's going on with them? They were here, you know, a year ago. Now, well, we don't know where they're at. So yeah. that's the major difference to me. And if people would focus upon that and stop trying to say, well, what's the use case you're token? Oh, well, we you can buy this, this, and this. No. Shut up, hold our token, because in five years' time, it's going to be worth a lot more because this is our business plan. This is what we're building. These are the apps we're looking at. This is what we're looking at in market. You have a business plan. Tokens are just representative of what your, your, your project is. And you drive value to it and you hope the market catches up. We have a lot of value, John, you and I believe in Hive. The market thinks we're assholes because the market yeah. obviously is undervaluing it. Well, uh, you know, the market's insane in my opinion. So sooner or later they'll catch up if we just keep building and building and building. The, the, the markets are built on emotion mm -hmm. and it's filled with people that make really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's if you base your entire life, <laughs> what's it, that, it, sir? It's driven by fear and greed. Those are the two primary fear emotions in the market, fear and greed. And and to me, if you base your experience and journey on a blockchain or crypto on that, that's risky. So. Yeah, yeah. Let, think back to three, four years ago. I mean, EOS was going to be the greatest thing on this planet since oh, yeah. I spread. And look at it now. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was top top three token, and now it's like fiftieth or something. Well, I don't even care where the token is now. What the hell's going on on EOS? Nothing. 
Yeah. Uh, not yeah, that I know. Yeah. I haven't really researched it. Maybe there is some stuff, but I know there's fights yeah. between the community and Block One all the time. But uh, you know what? What? What's really happening? I mean, uh, what was that? Uh, Voice was supposed to be the Voice big thing. Was, oh yeah, that was the the killer, the steam killer. It was branded as. Right? Yeah, and you know uh, that turned out to be nothing. So uh, again. You know, you, if you were around markets long enough, and I, I lived through the dot-com, there was a ton of shit like WebVam that were great ideas that ended up with a, a market cap of zero. The companies went bust. Pets.com. Uh, <laughs> Pets.com. I mean, there was a lot of stuff there. And we started in the ICO craze. Yeah, a lot of it was just scams, but we still see it today. What is going on? Can you can you reasonably believe that CTP will still build be building in three or five years? Can you believe Leo Finance will still be building in three or five years? Can you believe what that project ABC will still be building in five years? That's what you have to answer. And a lot of this stuff that's out there. If you can't answer what the hell they're doing today, how the hell do you know what they're going to be doing five years? Do you think Splinterlands will still be building in five years? Probably. You know, that <laughs> their track record is yes, yeah, so why would they stop? Um, you know, I yeah, guess. And they build through bear markets too. So Yeah, so, um, you know, that's where really where I think you need to size projects up and – you know, will Ethereum disappear? No. Will EOS disappear? No. Because I'm sure there's people incentivized to run the EOS chain. But it certainly did not come out as advertised. Developers, all the developers that flocked there, I bet they're all gone because they either ran out of money or they realized, well, we really can't build here or the RAM got too expensive. None of our users can transact. Whatever the case may be, they're gone. Yeah. And, you know, it's what's going to be here in five years. I'm highly confident Hive will still be around in five years. Many of the people we see today will still be out plugging along. They call me Dan and Starkers will be still doing their thing. Uh, Hobo will still be coding. Block Trades will still be doing something. Um, you know, Cal and Leo are still going to be plugging along. Splinterlands people are still going to be doing what Splinterlands people are doing. And, you know, then there's some other things that Cash Kings, Rising Star. I mean, some of these games, I'm not familiar with the project teams, but they seem to be doing some updates. They, people are, you know, maybe not a huge community, but there's some dedicated people who play those games. You know, who knows? They Five years from now, they could still be prodding along and pushing and bringing out updates and, and be a very successful game, even if it's not, you know, a top 10 blockchain game. Because again, beating dead horse time as we close up, this is the blockchain that actually has the community, the development and the use case. Heaven forbid. Ah, green candles everywhere. Um, busy weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming task. You are going to be uh partying South beach. No, going No, no, I, I think uh, I haven't been to South Beach since LeBron left. You know, it, it really went down the hill after he left and moved back, after so back LeBron. to the Cavs. And then now he's in La La Land. So, uh, 
you know, him and D Wade when when they were around, South Beach was hopping. But you know, it, the, the the whole atmosphere changed after they left. It, actually, I don't even know. Are the Heat a good team anymore? I don't even know. They are very. They they're good. They're okay. Are they? They're okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the team I cheer, you know, is right there. So yeah. all I know is the Knicks have sucked for most of the last twenty years. So I've experienced a championship with this team. So the Knicks haven't experienced a championship, I believe, this year, nineteen seventy-two. Maybe 70, it was seventy-three. Yeah, it was. It's about fifty years. Thing. Yeah, not as bad as the Jets. I mean, the Jets, you know, sixty-nine. Yeah, Joe Namath. Yeah. Joe Namath. So, uh, uh, hey, how about well, the Giants? Five and one. I mean, five and one, man. Let's go Super Bowl. Yeah. New York versus New Jersey. Let's do it. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think you have much hope of that. That the Giants got off to a hot start. And I hope they don't gaff it this weekend because realistically, this is the first game that they're playing that they should win. You know, they're playing the Jags. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but then after that, the schedule gets tough. And I think they'll be, you know, they don't have a playoff roster. Maybe they'll sneak in, but uh, they they don't have a playoff roster. Uh, but, you know, it's the first year. They had no money to spend. And so all you can do You've is. You've got the head coach, man. You've got the head coach. That's well, all you need. And actually, it's not just him. The, the coaching staff, they're coaching up the young guys. And that's all you can do. And, and you try to take these, right. these under- uh, uh, under talented players and make them, you know, somewhat acceptable. You get as much out of them as you can, knowing that they're not really long term solutions in the NFL, but you know, you can only do with what you you can do. And then, you, you when you get some money and you get more draft picks, you then you look at replacing them. There you go. See, they build in the NFL too. The same thing we talk about on high build, build. Mm-hmm. Build. It doesn't come overnight. You have to build and take things in phases and steps. And List Nerds is not dead. You know, it went from the hype to where it is, and there's more development, more ideas, more more everything. I'm going to ninja kick this little dog. I don't know if you've been hearing it throughout the show. It's no. sitting here barking right no. behind me so guys thank you for tuning in thank you for listening and especially all the live show guys uh edgar and path to fire eric uh john thanks for stopping by uh you guys have a fantastic weekend we will see you on tuesday with belimo oh boy that's gonna be a gong show can't wait for that one uh but are, are we gonna take uh we should open up a, a betting pool uh what 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 odds are you giving that he shows up sober I'll take the under on that. <laughs> what are the odds that he finishes the so- show sober? 50-50. <laughs> All right. All right. See you guys. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 